thankfully it's pre-recorded so i can just edit it however i want later absolutely on. yeah make sure to edit it so i i don't sound like i'm completely rambling <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Diva Armas Luther and we are here for the second time for our podcast and also YouTube video. Today we have Susan Shorter and she's an illustrator, a book cover designer and she's a really great artist. You should check her website because it's amazing. Hi. My name is Susan Shorter, as she said. Um, I'm an illustrator. I graduated from the Heron School of Art here. I'm a Hoosier artist. Um, I'm a children's book illustrator uh, by day for Author Solutions. I've been working for them for like 12 or 13 years now. And then I do my fantasy art thing and the convention circuit and all that stuff. Well, when we still had conventions, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that much of a convention anymore or even at all this year i'm not really sure <laughs> yeah i canceled a, a gallery show and a few other things but the conventions that was rough how often do you go yeah i do every year but i'm kind of a little more lazy with the travel thing a yeah. lot of people i know they um they'll go all over the u.s to do the big ones and as far as i've gone so far it's just been c2e2 i like to keep it close within a reasonable drive and i can stay at home and yeah i need to branch out i know which like state or country, if even, is the furthest convention you go to? Um, well, yeah, Chicago is the farthest I've gone, but I mean, I would love to go to San Diego Comic-Con or I've been thinking about Dragon Con lately because um, a lot of my fellow fantasy artist buddies, they go down there and they say it's just the best for people that do the kind of stuff that we do. So I need to just suck it up and go try it. If they would have me, though, of course, you got to get through the submission process. Is it? tough to go through that for certain ones like c2e2 san diego comic-con dragon con they like they want the best of the best and like gen con and indy i lived in indy for 11 years and i had no idea that they had artists there but from getting to know other fantasy artists and stuff people working in the the scene i found out gen con is like it regardless i still go and i go visit everybody it's one time a year i get to see a lot of these people that live all over the world and do this so it's pretty cool that it's in indiana too how did you choose to like because you know how artists have to think on like where to focus their field or their genre or their art style so how did you choose to you know end up in fantasy well, it's just, it's what always ended up in my sketchbooks. You know, I love drawing unicorns and girls with long hair and all the stuff. And for the longest time, I kind of thought that, well, I'm supposed to be doing serious work. Also, because I went to Heron, it's serious traditional art. I should be doing abstract painting and photorealistic this and that. And I had an illustrations professor, Kathleen O'Connor, O'Connell, God forgive me for saying that, um, Kathleen O'Connell. And uh, she showed me like spectrum books. So if you're into that kind of art and you don't know about them, you gotta check them out. And it has like the best of the best, the people that do work for the role-playing games and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. incredible art in there. And that just made me realize that it could be something that I could do and you know, be something that would be respected. And that's awesome. But I am grateful that I have the children's book that helps keep you know the lights on and food in the fridge and all that because I, 
the people that do it, they have so much focus and, and they're working at, and they're putting out work left and right. And I just, I just haven't. With the children's book, it's really whatever the author wants. I do a lot of like, you know, the kids first day at school sort of books yeah. and a lot of books where they feature their pets and, you know, a fun day at the farm or something like that. <laughs> Occasionally I get to do a fantasy children's book and those are fun. You know, I kind of get to channel my love of like My Little Pony and stuff like that and unicorns and pegasuses and yeah, it's super cute. And I love that. What are your favorite mythical creature? Oh, the unicorn and the pegasus. I, I grew up having a horse and it's always been like my favorite version of fantasy creatures, but I love them all. I mean, the more interesting and the weirder and the wilder, the better. I draw them, but I just love seeing them and I love seeing what people create and anything based off of mythology is, is always a plus for me too. So uh, do you also write your own books? I've written two children's books, but they were a long time ago. One was kind of Shel Silverstein-esque, you know, just a bunch of little short Ooh. stories, and I did the art for it and stuff. That yeah. was my last one, um, Incredible Pebbles. I have two manuscripts now that I'm, I'm working on. I've had a long drought from writing. Outside of children's book, I do have a world that I've created with the art. I've created a bunch of characters. It's more like adult fantasy. I just... And I have snippets written about each one of them. I just don't know how they all connect yet. And I've got a friend who's um, a writer and he's studied all the greats and all the stuff. So he's kind of helping me to, to flesh it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that thing will ever come out either. <laughs> it's fun to have these little projects going and hit each one whenever you fill the muse, you know. I mean, right now with all the free time from Corona, I say free time because I'm trying not to look at it in a negative way, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure now it'll be, I don't know, you have all the time in the world to come up with ideas, come up with stories and all that. You would think so, but I mean, it's a negative and a plus that I still have my day job, you know, because there's some people that do have that free time. But since I'm working from home, but by the time I've already drawn eight to 10 hours a day, I'm kind of drained. So the extra time I have in the evening, I really don't want to have to draw again. And I've also been having overuse issues with, you know, my hand and stuff. Cause so that's kind of a negative of drawing and then you get off work and then drawing. But, and I've also with the whole COVID thing, just been kind of mentally drained. Oh yeah, I bet. Just wiped out, but um, the art has helped. You know, it has been an escape. Like I have a couple, one new one behind me that I've been working on and mm -hmm. they've been a needed escape from all of this, a little bit of sanity. Did you do anything special before you start drawing or before you come up with something or how do you brainstorm for ideas? Man, um, it varies for each one. I've had times where like I had kind of an idea, like the basic like warrior woman, like that kind of, I knew I wanted to do something with that. And I had a friend of mine uh, come down and we went to McCormick's Creek with my sword because you gotta have a sword. And uh, she wore a Xena costume and we just did a big photo shoot out at McCormick's Creek. And we were just two people wandering around the woods and with swords, but nobody said anything. So that's good. And then I just looked at the photo shoot and then eventually had a piece that inspired me and then started doing sketches from that and different layouts. And so sometimes they're as involved as that. And other times it's just me just sitting down with a pencil. There's a new one on my website called Trampled and it's like, it's mother nature rising up out of the earth. I just started drawing and she's just kind of what happened. And then I was like, well, this would look good here. And this would look good there. So some of them are more serious and plans and others just 
I'm the life. You mentioned warrior woman and mother nature. And I know that you also made a female-based logo for Civilian Brewing Corp. Yeah, it's great. Ben, um, he's the owner. He became a friend of my husband and I, quick friends, because he's into like Dungeons and Dragons, loves fantasy art and all that. So that was a an easy friendship to make. Mm-hmm. We found out one night we were up there pre-COVID that, you know, he followed both of our art sites because my husband's an artist too. He just asked if we would be interested. And I was surprised at how shocked I was and how pleased I was to find out that it was his idea to make it a woman for the logo. Aww. Yeah, and it's, it's so just not common anymore. And I, it's, but, you know, brewery, you think masculinity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it has, I mean, like, she's a tough character. She's got a mohawk. And I used my friend Tashina, actually, to pose for it. I'm just so glad I got the opportunity to do that. It's so cool. And, of course, I had to get all the shirts and stuff. That's so cool because uh, that's also the one thing that I'm always interested in when it comes to fantasy world is the fact that, you know, women get sexualized a lot in video games and especially in like fantasy world, which is insane because you need the armors and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is your ideal fantasy woman? Oh, man, that's that's... It's rough because I'm also a bit programmed being a kid of the 80s with seeing like the Red Sonia and Sheena and all that kind of stuff. So there's a certain element of it. I'm used to seeing her looking sexy. So that comes to mind. I want the long flowing hair, even though that would probably get in the way in a fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I want her to be fit and toned, but not overly muscular, you know, so all those images come to mind. But the reality of it is, yeah, I just, somebody who's, as far as a warrior woman, physically fit, and she sure as hell isn't wearing mascara. I, <laughs> female sexuality, I don't like whenever that is, like, the sole purpose of the character, if that makes sense, to where, like, that's her only use. Yeah. I do feel like it's something that, it is a strength of females, you know, and it is a beautiful thing, but, yeah, in the sense of, like, being a warrior woman and stuff, it's, shouldn't be top billing like me personally i'm kind of tired of the neo-feminism of the time which is like girls have to be this and have to be that you know what i mean yeah no i love seeing get seeing it getting broken up and i think a woman being sexy isn't necessarily i guess what a lot of people think of like the playboy version of it you know it can also just be you know a beautiful shown of the side or the long neck you know and just different characters of that make it sexy exactly i don't get that you have to have the whole thing you have to be a mom that's also sexy that also does all the housework that also works that also takes care of children that's a very insane you know like portrayal of what a woman should be it's unrealistic standard to live up to it's ridiculous i do it to myself too because i you know being a kid of the 80s you know you were told, you know, well, you've got to have kids, got to get married, you know, and also being a driven person, I wanted a career, you know, wanted it to be something I loved, not just, you know, your standard grueling nine to five, and then just, and to accomplish all this, if you don't hit all of it, then the perfectionist in me, you know, is saying that I've failed. Now, I can point to a lot of things where I've succeeded, and that's awesome. I tend to only see the places where I feel like I failed, and that's, you know, probably from just, yeah, the way, I, I hate to say the way I was raised, because my parents were awesome, but I guess just society in general, you know, yeah, you do it all, do it all. 
Let's go back to the 80s because you mentioned that. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, it was awesome for me. I mean, I had Gem and the Holograms and He-Man and She-Ra and all that kind of stuff, you know. No helmets, just riding bikes and just running around the hills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, riding dirt bikes and it was a lot of fun. But yeah, it's a totally different world now. It's crazy. How was the pop culture back in the 80s? Well, for me, you know, I was just a sponge of it since I was little. I was just, you know, Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson, just everybody before they were scandalous. It was amazing. But I also, I was more rural, so I didn't have access to, like, what the city life would have been like, you know, and, and population, because we just lived on a lonely street and rode bikes. And, yeah, and I had my Thriller album that I had the biggest crush on Michael Jackson, and I used <laughs> to out and just look at it. And... So did you also start drawing back when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I was always drawing. Um, my mom used to give me paper in church so that, you know, I, that's how I, you know, be quiet and just sit there and just doodle away and stuff. She always had paper in her purse for me and or she put me in my first gallery showing when I was four years old and I won the children's section. So that was cool. Oh, that was basically your calling, huh? I always knew I was going to do it. Um, I was hoping it would be for a living, but even if I had to do something else, I was still going to be drawing. You can't shut that off whenever it's in you. Because if that's what you're naturally doing, I feel like it's only natural to keep on doing it. You know, it helped me get through a lot growing up. You know, I was just wondering, do you draw too? Are you an artist? Yeah, I'm an artist. I'm an illustrator. So I grew up with Daria and Powerpuff Girls and Sailor Moon. Again, uh, the whole warrior woman thing is also like an interest of mine because It's always girls fighting the world, but also looking cute. I do a lot of illustration that's kind of a fashion illustration, you can say. I'll have to check it out for okay. sure. I do think that the childhood images that you get of females and all of that, that really does get ingrained in there. Because whenever I think of fantasy women, I do, I think of like, I don't know if you ever saw He-Man, Master of the Universe. Or, yes, He-Man, definitely. You know, and she's beautiful and all that. And those those are what I think of whenever I'm drawing more cartoony uh, warrior women. They actually make a new version of She-Ra. It's on Netflix. I've seen that. She's pretty yeah. cool. I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen the, uh, the images and stuff they put online. Yeah, the, the art style is definitely different because they want to cater to the kids now. It's very interesting to see because most of the characters are women. So that's also something like, oh, if only I watched that when I was a kid sort of thing. They also <laughs> redid Jim and the Holograms, which I liked, and it has different body types, different hairstyles. It's one of those things like when I'm a big fan of something as a child, I hate to see it changed. And I think they did a really good job. I love it. So do you have like a specific playlist you listen to when you draw? Um, when I'm working during the day, I don't know if the authors would like this, but I'm doing these sweet little children's books and I like to listen to uh, like My Favorite Murder and different criminal, <laughs> those kind of podcasts. So I'm listening to that, but I'm drawing these cutesy little things. But whenever I'm working on like my art, the Outlander soundtracks or um, there's Peter Gabriel's um, Passion album, different soundtracks that really like evoke emotion and I'll, I'll pick them based on do I want something lighthearted or am I doing something with battles then um, I got a friend of mine that sent me a bunch of soundtracks copies of like um, the Harry Potter ones and The Last Samurai I just love to just put those on and put them on pretty loud and just it just kind of helped me get out of my brain a little bit and just feel what I'm creating. I love the contrast of like children's book murder <laughs> murder and children's book <laughs> So you also mentioned you have a dog 
and a cat. Do they ever bother you while you're drawing? Because mine does sometimes. <laughs> so much. Yeah, I got a little, little. She's a German Shepherd named Penny, and I love her. She is a doll, but she's got this thing where she just comes up and just boops me all the time. Just like, boop, mom, come on, you're home. We can do something. Booping. The cat, she's in her own world. She actually was astray when things got really cold here last winter, so we took her in, but she's... She likes me when she likes me, and other times she just does her own thing. So she's pretty cool. I'll just open the door and let her go play outside. But the dog is right beside me, just <laughs> up in and why are we not doing something? I feel like a lot of artists have a pet, like either a dog or a cat. Like they have to have a companion, kind of like a familiar. I can't imagine not having a critter. I mean, they're just the best. They're my babies. What is that? Um, you mentioned the sketch that you do for dead files? Mm, oh yeah. What What is that? I never heard of that before. Dead Files is a paranormal TV show on the Travel Channel. Okay. And um, it's got this lady, can't remember her name right now, Amy, and she's a medium. And uh, then there's a guy, Steve, and he's like this cop dude detective. And um, what they do is they go to a house and they're supposed to, they don't talk to each other. And she'll go and she'll get her reading of the place and everything. And he'll do history of the mm -hmm. place without like if anything happened there or whatever. Then at the end, oh, before the end, then she gets together with a sketch artist and like she'll have them, she explains out what she saw there as far as the ghosts or any sort of the paranormal thing or what the ghost looked like if she actually saw one and all that stuff to the sketch artist. And then we draw it out. And then when, at the end, whenever they sit down with the family, Amy and Steve tell them what they discovered and then they show the sketches to the family and a lot of times the sketch looks like you know a relative that passed away so um it was just crazy because um, I don't know if you know much about this area Owen County but Patrick'sburg is um just a stone's throw from here and uh they were shooting one there there was a haunted house there and so they started they just got online and started looking up for local artists and they found my husband but he does more like comic book type stuff it doesn't work really fast and they need somebody that could do work fast and I I was a sketch artist for um, actually a court case here. So it was my second time doing something like that. So he volunteered me and I took the job. I was scared to death because I was going to be <laughs> on you know, TV, but it was awesome. And they had like the cameras on um, like those little train track things going around. So they got all the zoomy shots and stuff. And Is it liberating? It was, you know, it makes you feel super important. You're sitting there and you got a woman like, doing this and fixing all this and you got the cameraman working your angles and you're going over your lines and I'm so glad I wasn't like a fan of the show because I can get a little starstruck. What am I supposed to say? Knock the coffee off into her lap. But Is it okay to share this because I don't know if it's confidential? Yeah, no, actually that stuff I can't share. There's a lot of stuff I'm holding back like, oh, can't say that part. I didn't know if they were going to actually make me go to the haunted house. That would have been trippy. I, I, I love the ghost ones. My husband's Big, like vampires is his thing. He doesn't like those, but we just recently saw Lost Boys at the drive-in. Who's like, oh, wait a minute, that's cool. You know, so it's, it just depends <laughs> yeah. on how it's done. We love um, it? what we do in the shadows. Oh my God, I love that so much. It's so good. I know. <laughs> As an artist myself, I'm actually curious to know which is kind of the most challenging for you, drawing the characters or drawing the background? Yeah, I get uh, super excited to work on the characters because that's my sketchbook is full of characters. That's, you know, I love doing the hair, the way the light hits the face, all that stuff I want to get into. 
but with the backgrounds, sometimes I see it all as one cohesive piece, but a lot of times I have to work at that. I have to look at reference photos and all, and you want to draw it to the same level as the drawing a lot of times, especially like with illustration, you want it to be cohesive, but sometimes it can be a little bit of, you know, forcing yourself into it. Like it doesn't have the passion that creating the character had, but it depends. I don't know the mother nature one. I had a lot of fun getting into that because I, I love the trees and stuff, but for paid work, if I have to do like cityscapes or cars or something, that's just drudgery for me. Organic forms is that flows. Do you do a lot of urban design as well that is not necessarily fantasy? Maybe cityscape or like sci-fi kind of design? Not as much. We do have a couple illustrators, author solutions, like Stephen Adams, who's, uh, he and I are both like lead illustrators. He's amazing at that sort of stuff and he likes it. So a lot of times those projects will go to him and I'll get more of the organic out in nature sort of stuff. I think I've only done like one sci-fi cover that had spaceships and all that kind of stuff. Having to do all the constant angles and vanishing points makes my head hurt. And if it's off, then it's, it's obvious. Advice for the younger generation artists. Do not be hard on yourself whatsoever because every single artist that you see that you think is so amazing or design that game that you think is so incredible, every single one of them was a beginner at one point. They all had to learn. They all had to do the research and push themselves. You don't see like the thousand failures that led up to that. Like I've tried to get into Spectrum for the past 10, 20 years and I still haven't got in and I'm not quitting either because I will one day. Art isn't one of those careers that you can choose if you're easily swayed. You know, you got to just keep going. If it's in your heart, just keep doing it. How I got the job at Author Solutions, it was because I knew somebody that worked there, but it was also preparedness meeting opportunity. You know, I had kept up on learning and practicing and, you know, drawing every day and just every little thing that I could so that whenever that door did crack open, I was ready. And you never know where it's going to come from. Like, you just never know. Talk to people and be kind to yourself. Yes, I'm an artist, but if I was an artist drawing cars for a living, I would be miserable. So, you know, keep it in your lane, what you love, and it'll, it'll happen. Even I get really hard on myself a lot. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it's easy to do, you know, especially a lot of artists are perfectionists because you can, so you kind of see, well, I want to be at this level or I should be at this level by now because of this age or because of whatever, you know, all that does is give us roadblocks. Like I had to get through a big roadblock earlier this year because I was following so many artists that I respect and I saw their methods on how they do so much photo research and they do so many like color mock-ups and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, that's what I have to do to create a good piece of art. And those are all valuable tools and people should do them. But I found I was focusing so much on all the stuff I felt I should do. It was kind of killing the spirit of my work and it was making me anxious to work on it. Cause I'm like, well, did I do this right? Okay. Have I put enough thought into the composition here? And I got too much in my head. So I had to kind of go back to basics and just start sketching again. Especially with like artists that's just starting out, they feel like I have to be somewhere without knowing that they have to enjoy the process. Absolutely. Because we do it because we love it and you just can't forget that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to meet you. I'm your darling. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> do you have any um, social uh, media that you want to put out there? On Twitter, I am Susan Shorter Art. Uh, I do have a Patreon. I love it. If you like, want to see the painting I'm working on now and stuff like that, you can join me there. It's just Susan Shorter. 
Um, Instagram is Susan underscore shorter underscore art. And uh, Facebook is just Susan Shorter Art. So thank you so much for letting me interview you. It's been such a pleasure. You are a wonderful artist and a role model. So oh, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> For upcoming events, opportunities, and more info, give us a call at 812-370-0278 or visit our website at artisanalley.com.